Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Michael Vincent Opelka and Beans. Mike, I'm bummed because the only day that Frank joins us, he's not here today. He's sick. Oh, no. He, is he really sick? Is yeah. He, he have, did he did Pelosi kiss him? I don't know. I don't know what he has. And I don't you know, it's not my place, I guess, to talk about anything. But he's sick, so he can't be here today. And you know what? My Sorry, son. Frank. Yeah, it sucks. My son has been battling um, a virus or th- we thought it was a virus anyway, since Monday. Mm. Um, and I did like the virtual visit because he didn't really have the energy to get all dressed up. And I was worried it might have been a little bacterial because of how he was acting and a couple other things. And she told me the nurse, she's like, hey, you know, listen, there is a rash of influenza A out there right now. She's like, every flu test we do is coming back positive for influenza A. That and strep are the two prevailing things right now. And I looked I, I looked at the screen and I said, hmm, it's a wonder they aren't shutting everything down. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a uh, fluish. <laughs> so she she yeah, just, so she just looked at me and said, I know. <laughs> Well, it's probably going to be uh, Dr. Mike in my virtual visit with uh, your son's mother. Uh, Dr. Mike believes that this is uh, likely um, hay fever and because it's pollen season. Well, you can have hay fever, but you don't usually have hay fever in 103 degree temperature. No, that's not good. Yeah, you're right. So (laughs) we thought it was allergies the first day and then mm -mm, nope. Well, I hope the little guy's better. Did you COVID test him? No. Cause I got a bucket of them. They, you know, they sent us COVID tests and mine expire, uh, in, uh, June. So I have to use them up, use them or lose them people. Ah, uh, I and will right, probably right now, they're cheap. You can, you can get them. I was at, uh, the Wegmans. Uh, you did probably don't have Wegmans. Do you? We don't, but I know what Wegmans is. Yeah. Wegmans great grocery store chain. Uh, Wegmans pharmacy is selling them for a dollar 99 now. Which is ninety percent off. A dollar ninety nine. Yeah, for a COVID test. China, China made COVID test. Collect them all. It's like Pokemon cards. I really yeah. don't want to stick a Chinese test up my nose. Sorry. Oh no, I don't either. I haven't taken one. I'm just like, why? Why would I bother? You know, the funny thing is, is that um, I probably will never, <clears throat> ever again test for COVID. Ever. Mm-hmm. I have never. I tested once. Yeah. And you had the COVID? No, I didn't test when I had COVID because my husband had and I knew he had it. I knew that I caught it from him. So I didn't need to test. But um, when you want to be sure, though, that you know what I my whole argument here is all this testing, testing. We sent out 500 million of these tests and many of them came from China. And you and I paid for 500 million tests to be sent via uh, priority mail from the U.S. Post Office. So this was a, a postal uh, financial injection and probably not necessary. But my whole gripe on all this testing, giant waste of time, why haven't we tested to see who's got the antibodies? That's really the only test that the whole country should take. You, you can. You can, um, you know, like you can contact LabCorp or any lab and yeah. you can ask for the test and they have doctors that will write the script for you there so you can get it. 
See, that's what I would like to know, because I'd like to know if I'm naturally immune. Just go to yeah. LabCorp and request it. I might do that because um, our buddy Thomas Massey says, you know, we should include that on uh, the, the fact that you may have natural immunity on any vaccine passports. So we shouldn't have vaccine passports, number one. Oh, right. right. He doesn't want them either. But if they're going to force them, why not give people credit for having it, surviving it, and their bodies doing what the body naturally does? There's so much to unpack here. Number one, what about the people who have never had it that don't want to have to carry around a vaccine passport? Are they lesser? Well, they are, and we're going to get into that. Oh, Lord. There's a story on, there is, I'm kidding you. That's, it's, <laughs> this is Fun Friday. Remember, oh. I, I, I want us to have a little fun today. And before we get into the story that relates to non-vaccinations and being treated like children of a lesser God or something, um, I have to inject a little fun at the beginning here. Okay. You know how much I enjoy and by enjoy, I mean, hate Brian Stelter. Oh, and then, <laughs> yes. well, I had a schadenfreude moment yesterday, several times, actually, because I, I watched it more than once. Uh, and, you know, schadenfreude from the musical uh, Avenue Q. Can you <laughs> don't ever say that letter again? Can you <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> can you tell everyone in the audience what that means, please? Sure. It's a German word meaning taking pleasure at the misfortune of others. OK, and leave it to the Germans. To come up with the word. And the this musical, which is a spoof on Sesame Street, it ran for years and years and years on Broadway and all over the country. And it's a, a, a musical with people with puppets and they're filthy. They speak like you and I speak when we're not around parents or authority figures. But let me just give you a little snippet of the song Schadenfreude, because it'll kind of make you understand how I'm feeling today. Right now you are down and out. Yes. And feeling really crappy. I'm sorry, Frank. And when I see how sad you are, it sort of makes me happy. You know, you, that right there and that just little snippet gives you the the basics here of schadenfreude. When when you see somebody drop a tray of glasses in a restaurant, you go, oh, glad that's not me. Or, you know, uh, it's schadenfreude. It's a concept. And the Germans put a word on it. OK, so, so Brian Stelter did something to embarrass himself as usual or what? Yes, which yes. thing was it? The Disney thing? Which one was it? No, no, Brian Stelter was in Chicago, my old hometown. Attending the disinformation, I have this. the erosion of democracy um, seminar that, that uh, Axe, they call uh, Axelrod Axe now because that is like he's got a cool, tough name. Uh, David Axelrod. Axelrod was there and uh, Annie Applebaum uh, was there. A bunch of liberals were there and a college freshman named Christopher Phillips. Hero. 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 Du jour. He doesn't even need a cape. His cape is implied. Stood up with a question worthy of uh, Mr. Ducey on the Fox News pool. And uh, they were doing a little Q&A. And uh, this happened with uh, Brian Stelter. Uh, hi, thank you for coming. Uh, my name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. Uh, my question is for Mr. Stelter. Uh, 
you've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of uh, disinformation. But first of all, I have to interrupt him, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Did you notice how he sucked him in with the early wording in his question? Thank you all for coming. Not only that, that's gracious. You're expected to do that. But he said, I'm a first year student. Oh, yeah. And, and the first thing that's- I thought was the Democrats are so screwed because this is most first year students nowadays. <laughs> well, uh, I thought that's brilliant wording because he used the woke language. If he were really an out conservative, he would say, I'm a freshman. But you're not allowed to genderize it. Oh, I don't think he thought that much into oh, it. Oh, I'll bet you he did. I don't know. All so right. So listen to the structure of his question. Uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist. And they also smeared Nick Salmon as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, With mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, (laughs) is it time to finally declare that the the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, All the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? Now, what a question. He he went over into the corner of the ring and pummeled him with body shots. When did you stop beating your wife? Oh, it, it's just brilliant. But none of this was conjecture. He gave us a, a laundry list, a litany of CNN's egregious behavior and twisting of reality. From the Russian collusion, Jussie Smollett, smearing Kavanaugh and Sandman. And Sandman is particularly painful to anyone at CNN because it's very expensive of what they had to pay out. So Brian Stelter, since you've seen it, you know where this goes. Brian Stelter in the corner of the ring, the referee's thinking about stopping the fight at this point because Stelter's knees are shaking and he's starting to fall. If he didn't have his arms wrapped around the ropes and his back to the turnbuckle, he would have already collapsed on the floor of the ring, of the boxing ring in a pool of his own sweat with his eyes rolling back and looking at his brain. Okay, well, wow, that's some description. <laughs> I wish I'd have written that down. That just kind of happened. So here's here's Brian Stelter's answer. It's too bad. It's time for lunch. <laughs> yep. uh, so he immediately is like, holy crap, it's time for lunch. Trying to trying to totally take the uh, the wind out of this kid's sails. But then he pivots. And gives maybe the greatest non-answer ever. And that's all sarcasm there. Second. No, I mean, there's a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds. But, but I think my honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. So now there's plausible deniability in there. He said, I think you're describing a different channel than I watch. He might not be watching CNN. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't say he is. How can <laughs> so there's plausible deniability in there. Now, the only thing that this kid really got beat up on is if Stelter actually came over after this and talked to him. Because, oh, well, I'll come over and talk to you later. I would have been like, I'm good. I'm good. No, thank you. Potato. So, but wait, there's more. It's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. 
And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but so has so, your network admitted? I mean, the litany of fake news that these people push out on a daily basis, it's propaganda. Like I was on Joe Pags last night and he started off asking me what the hell has happened to actual like real journalism. Our tagline trademarked at Uncovered DC is actual journalism because <laughs> there isn't actual journalism anywhere anymore. And I said the legacy media is legitimately an arm of the U.S. intelligence agencies and, and, and industrial complex, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, so, and, and you look at it, he said, oh, we should be admitting this. No, no, you didn't. But does he ever answer the question? He, he, he doesn't admit it. And not only does he not admit it, he calls this kid a right wing conspiracy theorist. Yeah. By but, inference. Uh, again, listen to how he doesn't answer the question. When Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing and they tried to help. So he did the Biden distraction technique. If this were Joe Biden being quizzed about his his saying that there is no connection between him and his son and all of the business connections with Russia and China and Ukraine, et cetera, Joe Biden would immediately say, when my son Bo was diagnosed with brain cancer and then died uh, a few months later, it's this is the distraction with using a terrible tragedy. But but what is he trying to say there? We're kind hearted people and we care about our colleagues. So therefore, we don't publish fake news like no, no connection to the question and the answer at all. He's not even good at it, Mike. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough, though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. We don't care about that. We just want you to report the truth. We don't need to hear what saintly creatures you are, how close you are to being the Mother Teresa of the mainstream media. You're not. With regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden. The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business. Yeah, they yelled at each other because Stelter was reaching for the last Diet Coke. Mm. Probably. People don't see, the people don't hear. They imagine that it's a, a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show our work and show the reality of how our no. rates. I no. For them to show their work. Yeah. We decided this was Russia disinformation. We got a memo from the White House. We got a memo from from the CIA that said this is what you're to say about this story. And yeah. then we said it. <laughs> this was so much fun. I I absolutely was grinning. Um, I can't use the expression uh, from ear to ear. Just just let it be said from ear to ear. Uh, did you um, also watch? Um, the other statement by, um, what's her name, uh, about the Hunter Biden disinformation and Applebaum, I think it was Applebaum. Yeah. And Applebaum didn't answer the question about Hunter Biden's laptop. This is in the same event. This is three days of entire Bravo Sierra. I have Chicago. to, before you go on, I have to say two points about what we opened up the show on yes. one PCR tests don't work. Two, um, we are on a hard stop today, everybody, even though we love talking because it's prom day and I have to run the girls around to 80 million appointments to make themselves look pretty. So there okay. you go. Prom day. <laughs> it's prom day. They still do proms. We're still allowed to do proms. 
Yeah, they do proms. Well, they have a prom king and queen? Or yes, they, they do. Prom they and them. Prom king and queen. Will, will they be gender appropriate or will they be gender fluid or some other kind of? That is pervasive in the schools, but in our school district, it is not something that is taught. Thank God. Thank God. I understand. I'm keeping an eye on the clock. That warning was not to you, the listener. No, it was. It was to the listener. No, it was to the co-host. No, no, no. I could just say, Mike, we got to stop. That's fine. I wanted them to know that that the show will literally be an hour long today, and that's it. That's all. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, at the same conference, the Atlantics and Applebaum, which sounds like a fake name. You know, it sounds like she's got a a little shop at the mall that makes makes little desserts. Little bags. It's Ann Applebaum's desserts. Try them. Tarts. Right. Uh, yeah, she, tart is right, the word. Uh, here's the question and answer about the disinformation. Let's take a... So, amazing. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. I'm Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. Oh. My question is for Miss Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16 percent of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? Now, great question. Again, where are these freshmen coming from at these universities in Chicago? Um, Smart parents. Well, hope so. But Chicago, you know, you got... Lori Lutefoot running the town, handing out free gas cards and questioning everything and not talking to anyone who isn't a journalist of color. So uh, let's hear what Annie Applebaum has to say between making tarts. My problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is I think totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So. I, I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that. No. So I don't find it interesting that the, you're the vice president of the United States and you fly an Air Force Two to Ukraine with your son to talk to the prosecutor who's going after the energy company that's paying your son eighty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars a month to do nothing in a no show job. And you threaten the prosecutor that he's not going to get paid the six hundred million dollars in aid. You threaten the president unless he fires the prosecutor that that aid is going to disappear. And that's not consequential. No, it's not interesting, Mike, really. I mean, come on. There's so many other things to talk about, like a fake pee pee tape from a Russian um, a hotel. Really, I mean, you know, who really wants to spend any time on, on on substantive issues when we can talk about fake PP dossier tapes? Where is Tom Arnold? Because <laughs> wasn't Tom Arnold paid thousands of dollars by a television network to, to yep. track down the PP tape? Yes, and you know, I did this thing on our locals page the other day where I started. Tying Ukraine into all of the political things going on in the United States and why they might be important. Starting back with Alexandra Chalupa from the DNC painting the narrative that Trump was working with Russia using the Ukrainian government to do it. And now I want a Chalupa. They have been covering up 
their corruption in Ukraine on the backs of politicians who want it uncovered by reflecting their malfeasance onto the others. Like if anybody really knew, as we know from the basic lab leaks, the the basic lab story over there, okay, where now they're actually admitting, yes, there are bioweapons there, but they're offensive. They're not offensive. They're they're not offensive weapons. No, no, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be. We'd be making defensive bioweapons because everybody knows the way the way you stop someone is to defend yourself by I'm soaking in bioweapons. You don't want to come near me. All of our all of our troops have been infected with a bioweapon. So if you if you get near them, you're dead. It's so stupid, but. But you can see, like, this is the deal. Like, they've co- they're covering up that the global corruption racket in Ukraine is is. I think that Russia's um, intrusion there is more as meant as a like, hey, keep it up, we'll expose everything you're doing, than it is because they want any freaking territory. Anyway, well, we did get numbers on speaking of that territory on what the what the war has done to the food market and it's looking like the inflation is the highest since we've ever kept track of food inflation yeah, based on the, not, not America, but on the globe. So uh, this is going to have a significant long lasting effect, not just a couple of weeks, not the seven weeks we've had in and, Oh, we'll just go back and put everything back together. No, not only that, once people start paying those prices for food, it's not like people are going to lower the prices even when they can. Let's be honest. Well, they will because you know who will go after them. America's mother-in-law, as my buddy Rich calls uh, Pocahontas. That show, I'm going to come after you. No, she's not I'm doing not going to let you gouge them. She's not doing crap. Well, I know that. I just exaggerate to clarify. She's real. Uh, do, do we have to take a timeout? Um, we can take a timeout right now because, listen, guys, seriously, the show today is brought to you by none other than our sponsor, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN, Mike. Yes, ExpressVPN. We love them. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like buying tickets to Kid Rock concert, but only being allowed to watch the opening act. I was going to say, how is that a bad thing, buying tickets to a Kid Rock concert? But if you can't see Kid Rock, what's the point? Exactly. So Netflix blocks content like based on whatever country you're living in. Mm -hmm. And so with ExpressVPN, you can choose where the Internet sees you, which then allows you to accent uh, access content you couldn't actually see before. Well, that's good. That's handy. It is for many reasons. Even the U.S. government thinks so. So I've wanted to watch this thing called the um, it's called the investigator. It's a it's a a British crime series. And if you know anything about British crime series, they're different than like the New York or, you know, NCIS and all that stuff. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan. We watch all the procedural dramas from the the Brits. So I couldn't do that on Netflix. If I were in the U S I couldn't Mm. do it. So all I have to do is open express VPN, choose UK as the country where I am allegedly living and residing and then hit connect, and I'm teleported to the UK to be able to watch the UK Netflix. Well, you're not actually teleported because I would then want to go with you to, to, to like Scotty beam me over <laughs> to the UK. It's just your your connection is teleported. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Well, I don't want to mislead people, but wow. yeah, this, this allows you to access so much more stuff securely. Securely, very securely. As a matter of fact, there are blazing fast speeds. You can actually stream in HD and you don't get the stupid buffering. Um, it's compatible with all devices. You can do it on your phone, your laptop, your media console, smart TV, whatever. Your blender. Yeah. Your blender. Blender. Yeah. It's, it's 94 different countries servers. Excellent. This is great. VPN, Express VPN. We love them. Yeah. So, and also the most important thing in, in my humble opinion is that they support the show. Yeah. We like that. We like people who like us and by like us, I mean, support us. Yeah, for sure. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to access to a little tiny fraction of the content available to you. See things they don't want you to see. Get your money's worth. Go to expressvpn.com slash dark to light. Make sure you use that link expressvpn.com slash dark to light. And you will get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Oh, you mean everybody gets it, not just me. Oh, yeah, everyone. Sorry, Mike. Oh, I, I should thought, have been more specific. No, I thought you were talking to me because I was going to say everybody come over to my house and we'll watch together. Oh, hold on. I'm getting on a plane. Let me go. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to the show. Back to the shizzle, the show. <laughs> yes, of course. Here we are. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Am I done with all of my silliness today? There's I, so much out there. I don't uh, know. I, I loved yesterday another stelterism I, I believe I sent to myself here to um, show you, which was Brian Stelter defending Disney. And like they have viscerally reacted to this new saying, OK, groomer instead of mm-hmm. OK, boomer. Yeah, I said, wasn't someone attempted to be uh, arrested and charged for saying OK, groomer to a, a person who? There was a, a story on uh, Das Daily Wire that said man no longer facing charges after using the phrase, OK, groomer, because uh-huh. someone freaked out and initially was um, detained, this person who used that expression. And then there was a, an outbreak of the understanding of the First Amendment and the uh, everybody was told to stand down. It's almost like when they started telling journalists to learn to code. Yes, See, but this is even better because, okay, groomer, it's really insulting and brilliantly so. Because if you say, okay, groomer to someone, you're essentially saying, oh, you approve kid touching and talking to children about sex. But it's true. It is true. But so that's why it's a brilliant phrase. And we have to endorse using it because we have to fight with the tactics of the other side. The craziest thing is there was this one lefty on Twitter um, who said, don't you realize that by using the word groomer to in such a wide, broad sweeping way that you're normalizing and diluting the, the meaning of groomer? And I said, what? The way you've diluted the, the meaning of, of, of racist and Nazi? <laughs> Fair point. But um, I, I feel bad for all the dog groomers. I know. I know it's the same thing as the way that Karen craze struck, uh, struck the nation. Poor Karens. Yeah. All the Karens, you got to feel bad for the Karens, but it is a great, somehow it perfectly described those, uh, those nasty, those stuck up sticky beak of who got into everybody's face. So they have hired Disney has hired Michelle Obama's former, like cleanup person 
to do their cleanup for them on this because they are really facing some hard times right now. Disney is after the leaked call and all of the things that have happened with Disney over the past couple of you know, weeks now, the, the, the line that has gone out and then with Katenji, Katenji, you know, Brown Jackson or whatever being confirmed because she's obviously a groomer. Um, the leaks, the, the way that they framed this is that OK Groomer is a QAnon conspiracy theory. Really? How does right. that, why do they always default to this this crazy smear? Because they they've made it so people are immediately freaked out by hearing, oh, that's a QAnon conspiracy theory. Correct. They have they think they've made it that way anyway, but but you know, people know like for the most part now. And then they've taken to saying, Frank uh Frank, Mike, they've taken to saying, Oh, well, um, this isn't happening in the real world. This is only happening on Twitter where people are saying that it's uh, they're groomers and blah, blah, blah. This isn't how the real world thinks. But listen to Brian Stelter try and normalize all this. Listen to this. Right. Sure. If it plays. Come on. He annoys the shit out of me. In the United States, we're seeing a theme of the midterm elections emerging. It's the way you can see a wave start to form far from shore before it breaks on the beach. Seriously? Seriously, man? So now he's an oceanographer. He understands how to, he can watch waves. Oh, out there, there appears to be about a nine footer developing. He's not, cars northeast. he's not a, he's not an oceanographer and he's not a biologist either. Uh, Mike. No, no. no, he's not. Here we go. Theme. The talking point on the right is about protecting kids from the dangers of the Walt Disney company. Really? But Disney is just a, a stand-in. It's just a symbol for something bigger. A conservative backlash to growing acceptance of gay and transgender people. A conservative fear that traditional beliefs are being trampled on. And there are entire networks that program to this fear. And many politicians that react to it. That's the story here. As this CNN.com reporting says, three months into the new year, lawmakers in dozens of states have introduced a slew of bills that could limit the rights of LGBTQ Americans. No, that's not true. There are none of those bills. There are none of them. The bills are all like, stop trying to sexualize our children in school. That's what they are. Well, um, Stelter misdirects here again, but he also misrepresents the reality, as you pointed out. New Jersey has just announced that they are, in fact, adding to the curriculum, teaching kids as young as seven about gender. It's going into the public school curriculum this fall. Did you see the clip? Of the the YouTube channel they want these kids to watch. Oh, I have not. No. Oh, oh, hold on. I gotta pull this up. This is something. While this you're is- looking for it, let me let me play what should always play under Brian Stelter when he's talking about this. Thank you, Brian. New Jersey's new sex curriculum points elementary students to watch videos from a maze. This is one of them. Anyway, many people. Hold on. Is it normal to watch porn? Hashtag ask a maze. Yes, it's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. And anyway, many people are curious about this sex stuff. But, and it's a big but. Big picture of an, a Remember, butt. Remember, 
porn is not real. It's just a fantasy, like uh, like superheroes movies. Picture of cleavage being look- blown up by a bike tire inflator. Hmm. Um, it goes on to basically say oh, that that's not how sex. What who's Maze? A Maze. But it sounds like they're talking to a person named Maze. No. 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 The name of the channel is a Maze. And who's the who is this um, this guy taking the children? It's it's just the- a it's just a cartoon like video being narrated by that gentleman. Hmm. So we don't see the person. Nope. But we see little caricatures with real life photos um, of porn and a cartoon butt and and real pictures of breasts being inflated by a bike pump. Why would you have to show a cartoon? You could just show the Kardashians or half the people <laughs> that use all that filler crap and don't look like real human beings in any way. And why, 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 why uh, is this being allowed in the schools? Because the teachers unions, that's what you have to understand, New Jersey. And if New Jersey got a scare this year, can you imagine if the um, if the governor had lost, then this would have been stopped dead in his tracks. And for Brian Stelter to think that this is going to be a problem for uh, Republicans in the midterms, he is so far away from reality. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know. Like, we'll listen to a a few a minute more of this because I don't know what his angle is. I think he's trying to get CNN's 500,000 viewers to not vote Republican. I don't know. Like, how dare you assault our traditional values? Um, You want to hear the rest? Yes, please. Some of those bills are framed as parental rights bills. Opponents say they're really actually anti-gay bills, and it's easy to picture this battle continuing right through the midterm elections. But for folks who aren't partisan warriors, this battle is incredibly disheartening. I spoke with a Disney executive who's caught in the middle of it right now, and they said, you know, Disney's brand for decades has been family-friendly and has been gay-friendly, and that hasn't been in conflict. No, now it is because you, you... You, Disney, (laughs) have inserted yourself in a place you do not belong and you have hired some of the freakiest lunatics to run your company in the entire world. I have evidence of this. Unlike uh, Brian Stelter, who does not tell us who he talked to at Disney, we're to assume that he actually talked to someone instead of just making up something and assigning it to an unnamed Disney person. I have something from a Disney producer named LaToya Ravino, who was caught on a Disney Zoom call and uh, kind of proves what we're saying, that Disney has hired, just as you said, some of the freakiest and uh, most unlikely people that you would want your kids to get lessons on life from. Uh, Would you like to hear from LaToya? Let's hear from her. Sure. I identify as like a biromantic asexual. I've had a lot of learning and growing about myself this year. So um, did you catch that? What she identifies as a bi, an asexual romantic. Let's let's come on, get your pencil out. Let's let's go through this because it's important. Okay. I identify as like a biromantic asexual. I've had a lot of learning and growing about myself this year. Kind of. So she's a bi-romantic asexual. What does that even mean? 
Well, the two terms are in conflict with each other. Because if you are asexual, you're a person who has no sexual feelings or desires, attracted to no one. According to my, I pulled out my Funk and Wagnalls. Oh. And and then if you go into the bi-romantic, well, just the fact that you have romance in there means that you have feelings for someone. Uh, But apparently you have feelings for a couple of someones because you're bi-romantic, but you're also asexual. And, and then she goes on to say more of the quiet part out loud. Facilitated by how comfortable I felt on the Proud family and with my immediate team at Disney TVA. And so it's just sort of like this creative dissonance between my personal experience where I feel so safe and so supported. I mean, like I wasn't like in the closet, but like I'm real out now. But like <laughs> and like outside of my team, outside of TVA, it's just it, it feels like the things that we believe that we're trying to put into the shows are not what we're seeing in the real world. And he's in a weird space. So they're admitting what they're doing. Yeah. Right there. So it's contrary 180 degrees away from what Stelter is saying. They, they look, there was a viral post on, on one of the social platforms the other day. It was the front of a Disney gift card where Minnie Mouse's dress was the shape of a penis hmm. and Mickey was holding it in his hand like he was holding her back, but it looks like he's holding a big penis. Well, I've never wondered what Mickey was packing, mostly because he he was always like, hi, boys and girls. So I kind of wondered, you know, was there even anything there? But it, the, to sexualize Minnie and Mickey Mouse is really perverse. It goes back to our discussion on maps and minor attracted persons and what they're doing. I'm, I'm going to continue to loudly proclaim that these people are grooming our children because there's no other reason they they want this acceptance, like especially in schools, they, they want the acceptance of their five and six year old students in regards to their sexuality, because I don't know what it is like their children, right? Like you mentioned, why do they need the acceptance of five-year-olds? Like, why is their life over if they can't proclaim to a kindergartner what they like to do in the bedroom? Why? Well, th- this is just the, the whole thing about why, why does work exist and what is the workplace? You know, if we have a workplace, a job is supposed to be done. And I'm boiling this way down because there are people that are going, well, what's wrong with talking about the fact that Heather has two mommies who both went kayaking this weekend and then they scissored. Oh, what scissoring? Well, let me tell you, let's get a couple of pair of scissors out here and I'll explain. But uh, the reality here is this is approving and grooming and allowing kid touchers to indoctrinate children who should be taught how to read and write. And that's all kids job is to to have fun until they're a grown up. And the school's job is to teach them how to read and write. And the parents will teach them how to function in society. The, the crazy thing is this. I had a friend and the friend's daughter, like maybe when she was like 12 or 13, went through a phase where she liked to just wear boys clothes all the time. And she didn't want to shop in the girls section. And she said that she was lesbian and that she liked girls. And my friend was like, OK, 
cool. Wear whatever you want. You like girls? Great. Good for you. That was it, right? Now it's years later and she is as feminine as feminine can be. And she's, you know, dressing in dresses all the time. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I did when I was 13. Holy moly. And loves men, right? So in the, today's world, the way that's, you know, peppermint commie, as Kane calls her, is acting and, and talking about penalizing parents would put that young woman on puberty blockers and transition her to a man for a stage she went through when she was 13 years old and change her life fundamentally forever, forever. Yeah, we used to call those tomboys and yep. that was OK. I was a and, tomboy. And they would hang out with uh, more guys than they would girls and then somehow that magical moment when the puberty kicks in, they go, hold on a second here. I, I think I want to change my relationship with you boys. My entire life, Mike, I have been closer to men than women. And I think a large majority of that is because women overall, like a lot of women are petty and insecure with themselves. And so they're bullies and they're nasty and they're catty and they're mean. Whereas guys are just what they are. And there's no like, you know, you get it. You get if you get you, you talk to a guy, you know, like either a is trying to hit on you. You can you can tell. But if you have guy friends, some will argue, Mike, that there's always something else there besides being friends. Like they find you attractive or they want to, you know, whatever. But I would say, like, I had so much more fun being the girl that always watched football Sundays with the guys than I would have gone and going out to the mall with my with girlfriends who would be just gossiping about somebody. So and, that's your, and that's your choice, but it shouldn't be an indoctrination. Correct. And I was into sports and I was into running and I played baseball and I played football and I was a better hitter than most of the guys were. And I used to play in the dirt and get dirty and I would wear, you know, clothes that I was just I was a tomboy for a lot of my life. And my parents never tried to transition to me to be a male. I wonder if we're even allowed to say the phrase or the word tomboy. I wonder if that violates the uh, prime directive. Can well, we even say that anymore? There are no rules on this show, so. No, I'm just saying society. You I know. know. If you go to the uh, Urban Dictionary and look up offendinista, that's the one word I've created that they've allowed. Um, there are a class of people who walk around every day. They get up and they go, what can I get mad about today that'll make me light my hair on fire? And a, a tomboy just might be, how dare you call them a tomboy? They can't even keep themselves straight. Like, seriously, they can't even keep it straight. I still will never forget the several videos I've seen of people referring to themselves with clown pronouns. Clown I, self. That's how they expect us to speak about them in public. I won't do that. I, I, I won't do that. I Anyone who demands that I use pronouns that aren't a logical or correct or even real I tell them to please lick a window because that's really what they need to do. Cause that's, that's the value they have. At least you might even clean the window, but to have pronouns, there is no cis gender. So stop saying it, stop accepting it. We need to stop accepting yep. the Bravo Sierra. Yep. That I, I have a red line in the sand right now. I like it. I'll stay with you on that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Emerald Robinson put out a column yesterday. Why was Ghislaine Maxwell doing fundraisers for Disney in 1985? Photos of convicted pedophile Ghislaine Maxwell hosting an event called Happy Family Disney Day in 1985 has surfaced on the Internet. It's the ultimate PR nightmare. 
And it's going to be very hard for Disney to claim that it's not a pro-pedophile organization when it literally took donations from the world's most infamous living pedophile and groomer to the stars. And then it shows the picture. Um, It says, you know, just canceled my subscription for Disney. A bunch of examples of people canceling. It says most corporate media outlets are trying to push a disinformation campaign that the Disney pedophile connections are merely a conspiracy theory created by Republicans. But the problem for them is that their own previous reporting contradicts their freshly minted and false defense of Disney. For example, Christopher Rufo says in 2014, CNN did a six month investigation on Disney's child predators and recommended more sting operations to catch so many more child sexual predators. So one headline on the left, theme park employees caught in sex stings, child porn arrests. And on the right, demonizing Disney, Fox and right wing media attack the entertainment giant as woke company indoctrinating kids. Hmm. And all of this is happening at the same time as they're rallying behind Kintenji Brown Jackson. And I have one more clip for you that pulls this all together because this is going to be their thing from now on. And here is um, here is Chip Roy taking Jerry Nadler to task yesterday at the Senate Judiciary Committee. He's great. Here we go. Rampant flow across our border. Little girls put in stash houses, getting raped, cartels making hundred million dollars. And then the chairman scoffs. The chairman scoffs when I say little girl getting raped in a stash house. Has the chairman been to the border of Texas? Has the chairman been in the last year to the border of Texas and met with border patrol agents, gone down and talked to the people that are sitting there looking at what's actually happening in stash houses? Did the gentleman yield? I'll yield briefly. Yes. And what did you find? No stash houses? The chairman scoffed. Is the chairman saying there are no stash houses with no little girls getting raped in Texas? The gentleman will yield? I will. I am not saying there are no stash houses. I'm not saying little girls not being raped in Texas and in every other state in the union for that matter. Uh, there's more. He really goes on him. He, he lays into him because the Democrats at this point are are apologists for horrible crimes against children. And they're shrouding their media counterparts in the government are trying to shroud this in right wing QAnon conspiracy theories. These are the same people who stand up and say, if we can just save one child. Yeah. If we can just save one child, how about you save the one who's duct taped to a chair and being raped by MS-13 gang members? How about we do that? I mean, he, he, let's just listen a little more of this because he's absolutely right in his anger. my time, when the chairman scoffs, when we talk about the, the damage being done to this country, with cartels having complete operational control of our border, charging three to $5,000 a day to come across the border, and little girls getting put into the sex trafficking trade... I think that tells us a lot about where the priorities are of this committee. And I'm getting a little sick and tired of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle scoffing at Texans having to take the brunt of this. Ranchers losing their longtime family-held ranches. Fences getting cut, livestock getting out, people getting abused. And my other side of the aisle just doesn't give a whit about it as evidenced by the scoff of the Judiciary Committee chairman. It's absolutely mind-boggling. This is what the American people are absolutely sick and tired of. And we're sitting here debating an amendment because we want to say that the power of the federal government shouldn't be used to go after American citizens because they take a different view or they want to share information about their concern about an administration of a vaccine in their arm by a pharmaceutical company that is liability-protected by government. 
from any action by citizens to say, wait a minute, what might happen to me if I stick that in my arm? They're basically trying to stop misinformation about the vaccine, Mike. Hmm. I wonder if they'll stop and and we should talk about this next week because we're almost out of time here. Um, the uh, the news about Pfizer hiring, what was it, 1,400 people, 2,400 people? It was uh, to- first 600 and then double that. So at about, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like twelve or fourteen hundred people that were secretly hired by Pfizer just to deal with complaints about um, uh, the the vaccine and what it's done to people. Adverse events. Yes. And you know, we will talk about it next week. And I'm sorry the show flew by so quickly today because I had so much more to talk about. Well, we we have we have tons of things to talk about, and you know, in keeping with the um, the lightheartedness of a Friday. Yes. I think eventually we have to do a regular segment on dumb criminals on Friday. Okay. And because then we can talk about stupid things people do <laughs> in order to get arrested and stuff. But yesterday there was a story about a woman being interviewed as a potential juror in the sentencing of yes. the shooting trial. Yes. Have you ever been on a jury? No. Have you ever been called and, and questioned? No. See, I've been called several times. Um, I've been dismissed every time. Usually when they say, what do you do for a living? I'm a conservative talk show host. Um, uh, no need. Dismissed, Your Honor. See ya. People use. So this woman is being uh, interviewed. They called voir dire when they are interviewed by both sides before uh, the jury is going to be impaneled. And um, there was this baffling exchange with a woman known only as Miss Bristol, who apparently sat through hours of the pretrial jury selection process in front of the circuit court judge uh, Elizabeth Scherer. And Who's beautiful, uh, by the way. She's a stunner. She's oh, a smoke show. And she's uh, a Republican. Yeah, and giddy up. And uh, she was asking questions, and Miss Bristol um, raised her hand, and she said, this is a Miss Bristol talking. This is a whole entire month here. First, let me clarify myself. July 2nd is my birthday. July 4th is my son. And the 18th is my other son. And the judge goes, hold on, don't talk too fast. Uh, We have to be able to understand you so that you said that in July, there's dates in July you're not available. What are those dates? July 7th, July 4th, July 18th. And again, I need to figure something out. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. (laughs) <laughs> and the, the judge, Judge Sherry goes, I, I'm sorry, my sugar daddy. And the judge goes, OK, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but we'll. And the Bristol cuts her off and says, I'm married and I have my sugar daddy. I see him every day. Like, how do you not know this? And she goes, all right, ma'am. All right, ma'am. We'll come back to you. OK, thank you. Yeah. And then they dismissed her. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> this is, we have to talk about the best ways to get out of jury duty. I also um, inadvertently stumbled upon the greatest excuse to get out of jury duty ever. What is it? I wasn't feeling well one day as I was checking in at the, the county courthouse in Wilmington, Delaware, and I walked up to the information booth and I said, I'm sorry, um, I don't want to miss when I'm called, but I have explosive diarrhea. <laughs> And the guy goes, he, he leaned back from where I was whispering, this is pre-COVID, 
And he took my my sheet and stamped me a six-month extension. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you can use that freely, people. But I, trust me, if a lot of people start using it, I'm sure it'll get discounted. It, it's it. There's a whole bunch of uh, there's a whole bunch of different creative ones, almost like my dog ate my homework ones that you can use. But I've never had to. And I would actually embrace jury duty and love it. So um, it depends on the trial. Yeah, I guess. You know, I yeah. I'd want to be on a on a on a cool trial instead of somebody suing because their their knee replacement didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Throwing- I'm married and I have my sugar daddy and I see him every day. Very important. It's fantastic. Very important. So I'm off to do prom things the rest of the day, taking a little bit of time off today to get my girls all ready and pretty. It's going to be so exciting. And um, we'll see you back here on Monday. You have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Michael Vincent Opelka and Beans. Make sure you guys support the show sponsor. Go to expressvpn.com slash dark delight. Support them. Make yourself safe online and get to watch some cool Netflix shows. And we are every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify and RadioInfluence.com. We will be back on Monday. Feel better, Frank. Osmosis Amoebas. Damn right. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Oh, got a top flight guest. Now, it's not long. I don't know, five, six, seven minutes or whatever. Uh, He was very, very busy. He just signed a new deal. I'm talking about the NFL insider, Adam Schefter, ESPN. One of the biggest names in all of sports broadcasting. He has been covering the NFL for 30 years. I talk with him at the NFL annual meetings in Palm Beach, Florida, at the beautiful Breakers Hotel. This guy is so busy. Now, he tried to downplay it. A lot of people in the country work hard. Yes, that's true. But he's been doing this for over 30 years. I'm just thankful for the for the couple of minutes that I got with him. So without further ado, on the Rock Stops here, the biggest guest. He just signed a new $10 million extension to stay doing what he's doing at the top of ESPN. The one, the only, Adam Schefter. The Rock Stops here with longtime radio and TV personality Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and radioinfluence.com.